Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm Sal Interdonado. The podcast is brought, brought to you by Higher Echelon. Do you wish you had some secrets to help you get an edge on your business competition? Wouldn't it be great if someone could solve technology and personal challenges at your company that don't have the time and expertise to fix on your own? There is a solution. Higher Echelon is a world-class consulting firm that trains employees in sports psychology secrets that drastically improve work performance. Founder Dr. Joe Ross is retired Army who played and later coached for the cadets and puts that experience to use for his clients. Higher Echelon helps organizations save hundreds of hours off work time and save and make more money by walking them through technology transformations, including organization-wide change management. You don't have to go out of the alone, and you don't have to stay stuck. Higher Echelon is your go-to trusted partner for organizational excellence. Go to higherechelon.com. That's H-I-G-H-E-R-E-C-H-E-L-O-N.com or call 866-469-9945 today to take your company to the next level. Go higher and go Army. We'd like to now welcome in our special guest today, Jeff Ajekum. Jeff is a former wide receiver at uh, Army, uh, was there when Army um, – Really uh, started a winning tradition, uh, really turned around the program. Jeff, th- thanks for being a guest t- today. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sal. It means a lot. Yeah, um, just just kind of following you, you know, following you on social media and, uh, you know, seeing what seeing what uh, you're trying to accomplish here. Uh, now, first off, you're, you're, take, you're take platoon commander, right? Is that correct? Yes, correct. So I'm a... Uh... Stationed at Fort Hood, uh, Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, I'm a tank platoon leader, first lieutenant right now, currently. Um, I'll actually be going on to a follow-on assignment that'll actually put me as an assistant professor of military science at a Southern University, uh, A&M College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, but currently, I am actually deployed on a rotation overseas uh, in Eastern Europe. So I'll be doing that. Uh, for, for a little bit, and then I'll come back stateside and be able to start grooming and mentoring cadets down in uh, Louisiana. So should be should be cool. Now you have some other you have some other hopeful plans, right? You're uh, you have some you're you're pursuing the NFL. We'll get into it later in depth, but real briefly, tell us what 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 that is uh, encompassing right now. Yeah, so I mean, I've you know I've always kind of had that dream. Uh, I've always kind of had that goal. I would like to say, uh, even when we finished playing, um, you obviously going to West Point, your, your primary job is knowing that you're going to be a commissioned officer and you're going to go lead soldiers, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, the, the football thing is something that's not necessarily guaranteed uh, at the professional level. But I always knew that, you know, I believed in myself, believed in my talents. Uh, my coaches also believed in me as well uh, with Coach Monkey and Coach Davis and staff. And, uh, you know, it was just something about a timing thing versus just, you know, everything happens for a reason. Timing happens for a reason. And right now I just feel like this is my time. And I've always been training, always been staying in shape. Uh, I've had multiple uh, private workouts and, and, and tryouts and stuff like here between the time that I stopped playing college football until now. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, whatever team decides to take a chance on me uh, will be the team that uh, won't regret that decision. So. Yeah, I saw you uh, maybe tweet out on social media. I guess maybe it was maybe yesterday saying you wish 
you were uh, back home right now with all the opportunities possibly for, for, for pro football, right? Just to ha- just to be closer to, to having a chance, right? Yeah, it's, uh, with you know, with the fan control football league and then you have uh, the spring league that just took place not too long ago in November 2020, stuff like that. There's a lot of opportunities and it's, it's awesome with the, the, you know, what we're doing now just as, you know, a football community with all these new leagues that are getting exposure to these players that ne- might not necessarily have had that chance initially uh, to showcase and going straight into the NFL or CFL. Uh, and then now you have the XFL starting up in 2022 as well, which is going to be amazing. Um, I look forward to, you know, potentially getting in that as well. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting just to see everything that's going on uh, and stuff like that. And even had, I've, I've even had contact with teams in the uh, NAL and also the uh, IFL as well, the Indoor Football League. And, uh, you know, haven't really been able to take those those chances and those opportunities simply because of, you know, my job right now, which, again, uh, I don't regret at all. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I, I truly enjoy what I do and I'm thankful for the opportunity that I have, you know, leading America's uh, children. You know what I'm saying? And and that's something that, you know, I can't uh, has taught me a lot of things. Honestly, I've learned so much being in the military, being a platoon leader and just you know, commissioning from the United uh, from United States Military Academy. So um, those opportunities are are going to be there, and that's something that I always tell myself. It's just a matter of timing, and you know, I'm trusting that God's timing is going to be the best timing for me. So uh, whenever I get back, it's it's I'm gonna get the ball rolling, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, I think one of your your former Army teammates, Edgar Poe, had a, a nice run in the indoor football league. I saw him doing flips off the. Uh, the hockey barriers there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been doing his thing. Yeah, he's been doing his thing. Uh, he was with the, uh, in the NAL and uh, just recently, actually, I believe, just signed into the IFL with uh, the team down in Louisville, Louisville Extreme. So, you know, very big ups to him. Congratulations to him. Uh, I look forward to seeing him playing too. So it should be exciting. Nice. Um, we like to start these podcasts with basically how it all started for you. Uh, at West Point, how you how you were recruited and what made you kind of decide on Army. I remember talking to you a little bit about it when uh, you were a player, but kind of remind us on how you got to West Point. So it was actually extremely unique uh, how I ended up at West Point because um, I actually had my letter of intent signed to a different school uh, to play football at a Division II school down in Florida. And uh, things happened to where, you know, it just it didn't work out. Um, they released my uh, intent letters. And next thing I know, I'm getting a call from Coach Orlando Mitchens at the time. He was the corners coach uh, in 2014 and gave me a call and said, you know, he's at West Point. Uh, I was in contact with him earlier uh, in the year, my senior year of high school. And, uh, you know, he it never got, you know, he never got back to me after that one conversation that we had. And it was just kind of like, a, oh, man, like missed that opportunity. And, um, you know, it's funny how come full circle. Uh, it, it was about March, you know, national, the, I think the signing signing day was in February yeah. when I signed and then March came around and then boom, army came around. And I, you know, at the time I told myself, I was like, you know, th- this stuff doesn't just happen to happen. Like there's a reason why this is happening right now. And it's uh, funny, you know, a lot of people would call me crazy, but I didn't take an official visit. Didn't take an unofficial visit. I went straight and I said, yes, I'm coming. And the first time I actually stepped foot on the West Point campus was three days before basic training. So uh, it was it was it was a culture shock for sure, going through basic and uh, doing all that stuff. But, you know, it was it was just 
the fact that that staff, and I can't thank Coach Munkin and his staff enough uh, for believing in my talents uh, coming out of high school. Uh, they believed in me. They believed in my abilities. And so they took a shot on me. And, uh, you know, I would say that, you know, my four years there, the resumes that I produced from four years there goes to show that they made the right decision on me. And I appreciate them. And I made the right decision going there as well. Um, I guess to go in depth about just my playing time at West Point, uh, freshman year, um, I was primarily on the scout team. Uh, we went four and eight that that year. It was Coach Munkin's first season. I was his uh, actually I was his first recruiting class um, at at West Point and stuff like that. Um, it was you know it was rough, but you know you can see that the talent and the the, the winning culture and everything was there. And definitely had uh, potential to be a, a game, I mean, a program changing staff and, and program changing players as well. Um, it was just a couple of hiccups here and there. And, and you know, we knew that we were right there. Um, like I said, I myself was primarily on the scout team. I served the scout team. And, and you know, going through that journey, uh, it's, it's hilarious. I look back on it and stuff like that. And I'm sitting there like, you know, as a freshman, I was thinking to myself, like, man, I should be. I should be playing. I should be getting all this playing time, this, that, and the third. But at the same time, I think me being on the scout team my freshman year was probably the most critical point of my playing career because it truly developed me and it gave me time to, you know, learn the offense, learn my role, learn from the older guys, and then really take take that that uh, that thing, the things that I learned, and be able to move forward and become an impact player come sophomore, junior, and senior year. So I would say my freshman year was definitely very crucial to my development as a football player altogether, just learning defenses as a whole. Like the coaching staff, they did such a phenomenal job of just teaching you defenses and teaching you option scheme and just teaching you how to break down defenses, you know, from a wide receiver standpoint and literally from in every position on the football field on the offense. So it was just amazing to see how much knowledge I soaked up my freshman year. And that's what really – propelled me my, my sophomore, junior, and senior year because of all the knowledge and the uh, development that I was able to get uh, my freshman year. And, yeah, yeah that I was remember, pretty much – I remember writing about when Coach Muckin first came on, right? And it was uh, – a lot of it at first was about discipline, right? I mean, you had – if your locker wasn't clean enough, you were going to the uh, the visitor's locker room. Your yep. stuff was moving. Yeah. Uh, do you remember those times? I yeah, those yeah. Times, like, Th- those – like – it's it's the it's the little things, you know, and he harped on that. And like if you couldn't do something as simple as keeping your locker clean or keeping it organized, there's no way you were going to be able to memorize your, your plays or, or memorize your assignments. And, you know, it, it translated on the field, you know, and the people who were very particular and like very, very good about keeping their stuff in check, organized and stuff like that. Those were the guys that were predominantly, you know, ball players, And those were the guys that are the go getters on the team. Um, because, you know, it, it's pride in your work at the end of the day. If you take pride in your work, pride in your stuff, uh, then you are probably going to excel at the end of the day. So that was one thing that he definitely harped on was just the little things and making sure that you're handling your assignments and doing all the things that you're supposed to, um, being where you're supposed to be, uh, handling your schoolwork. Uh, all that stuff was so important to Coach Munkin and the staff that, you know, it disseminated to us and it became important to us as well. And and we held each other accountable across the locker room about that stuff as well. So. Yeah, I remember sitting in the um, the awards, uh, the, the football team awards dinner 
um, after your sophomore year. And I, I think that was the two and 10 season. And Coach Munkin saying that we're going to flip this record. You were going to flip this record the next season. You know, you guys were close in a lot of games. It just uh, just wasn't your it wasn't your day on a few on a few games. I remember, uh, man, I, re- I remember some of the some of the uh, the ways that it didn't go it didn't go well for you. I was like, how did that even happen? You know, it, it seemed like this luck wasn't on your side that year. But mm-hmm. you remember, because um, coach said that the the, the records were going to flip this record next season. I mean, what was the uh, mindset of the team like coming off that two and ten season? I, I, I'm sure there was something to prove and something to get done your junior year when it all came, when that was the, the turnaround year. So. Yeah, absolutely. So like it, it was definitely something where it's like we knew we were right there. Uh, it was seven games out of the 10 that we lost that were decided by a touchdown or less. So we knew. And, th- and these are not teams like fluke teams like Penn State, like very good programs that we were playing against. Like and we were barely losing to these teams just because of one or two plays that we just had to make. And we knew we were right there. Um, so I guess like very disappointing with the result, but at the same time, very encouraging knowing that we have a lot of people coming back. Uh, at the time, it was Andrew King. He was a junior. To Jeremy Temp, the two starting linebackers, Xavier Moss, Joe Walker, all these prolific players. We knew we were coming back at, in, in the senior class to come, and we knew that we had good leadership coming in as well. And, you know, people in my class, we were going to be rising juniors at the time. We knew that it was our time to really step up and, and, and play ball too. And if you, if you knew back then – a lot of the freshmen at that time of the season were playing too, getting a lot of playing time. So it was just very encouraging to see that everything that we have built right now is coming back next year. And that was very important to the success of the, of the team because the mentality stayed the same. The hunger stayed the same. We just knew that we had to get uh, over the hump. And luckily our junior year, that next year, uh, we were able to get over that hump and went eight and five and finally had that winning season. And um, yeah, just going back to your question about the mentality was just, we knew that there was no we had no opportunity and no room to take any step back because if we took step backs, we'd be going right back to four and eight. Right. We were two and ten right on the cusp of honestly being what nine, nine and three, something like that because of the seven games. But at the end of the day, like right there, being able to be right there and doing our thing. But if we take any step backs, we we, we know that we're not going to be able to get over that hump because we're right there. So. It was good on Jeremy Temp. It was good on uh, Andrew King. Those two are two captains that really stuck it to us and said, hey, like, we're going to get this done. And, you know, I look I look to them and I look to that senior class that even left us in my sophomore year with Kelvin White, uh, DeAndre Bell, Maggie Kinta, all those guys definitely instilled that in us and made sure that we, you know, knew that even though we went two and ten that year, we have a lot to, to play for in the next you know, couple of years in my sake. And so um, I looked to those guys and I thank those guys because they were the ones that actually helped turn around, whether the record says it or not. But they helped turn around that, that, that this football program there at Army. So I definitely give my credit to them as well. Yeah, we're um, we're going to have a, a surprise guest for you in a second. Come join us uh, in, in a moment. Uh, oh, wow. Somebody, somebody that kind of helped you helped you um, through West Point. I, uh, I contacted him today and he was more than uh more than willing to come on and say hi. So we're going to have him pop in in a second. Oh, wow. <laughs> Lieutenant Jackham. Oh, man. Papa Jay, what's up, man? <laughs> How you doing? You keeping Europe safe over there? I am. I am. I am. How are you doing? How are you I'm, doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, good to see you. 
You, you look good, man. <laughs> That's crazy. The further away you get, the better I look. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's so good to see you. This guy right here. I, I owe my life to this guy right here. <laughs> nah, that's this, not true. We have, we have a lot of good memories. Yeah, this guy is this this guy is awesome right here. Talk about the role uh, John played uh, when you were at West Point, Jeff. Oh man, I can't even. Uh, it we'll be here all day if I if I can. So I'll try and summarize it, but. This guy right here, he simply was my father away from my father. And, and I'm from Houston, Texas. West Point was 1,500 miles away. And this guy assumed the role of just taking care of our senior class. That Like, we literally would be at this guy's house. He'd feed us. We'd have a place to stay every single time. Like, this guy is just I, – I, I literally felt like I was not anywhere else but home whenever I came to the trainer's residence. And it's just simply amazing what this guy has done for the football program. <laughs> Always coming to the practices, uh, you know, always watching the guys, encouraging the guys. It was amazing to see how much support this guy gave to the football program. And honestly, this this right here, the support system is what got us over the hump as well, because you had guys like you know, Mr. Trainer here who just simply didn't didn't quit on us and always believed in us and did everything that he could to make sure the program would be at the best of his piece. So I can't even thank this guy enough, especially me personally. He's done so much for me. I can't thank him enough for everything that he's done for me. It's, it's amazing. Uh, my I, pleasure. It was, we had a lot of good times along the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love this guy right here, man. I love him. <laughs> you know, Jeff, this guy's a star still. You know, the Army-Navy opening, right? Even this year, I <laughs> yeah. saw I saw John on the opening from a couple years back. They, they pulled, like, his little segment there saying, mm -hmm. uh, go Army, beat Navy. And just yep. the, the passion, right, from mm – -hmm. From this guy, I mean, I, I remember um, being at practices and always uh, seeing them. We we we, uh, we watched practices together at times, and just he he would notice some some things that I wouldn't even pick, I wouldn't pick up, and he would just right know, tell me about how you know you guys. I, I remember writing the Thanksgiving Day story on you. I think it was senior year, and how mm -hmm. we talked about the relationship. So this guy over here is still still getting some airtime uh, for the, for the Army football program. <laughs> Hey, as he should, as he should, as he should. He yeah, deserves all of it. Yeah, I was a surprise this year, but, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Well, no, what absolutely. What was that like, John, fil fil filming that? I mean, that, that must have been pretty – I mean, yeah, your son, John, obviously was a, se was a senior uh, in, in Jeff's graduating class, a very good a very good slot back uh, special teams uh, returner too. Um, what, what was that like to be asked to do to that uh, spot on CBS? Well, of course, I was honored. Um, the the uh, gentleman that did the whole production lived nearby here, so uh, he reached out to some of the parents, and uh, of course, I was nearby. So, in that regard, it made it a little bit easier. Uh, I, <laughs> I was with the police uh, at the time. I'm retired now, which I'm enjoying. But um, we filmed it at the Tenafly Police Department, and uh, <laughs> we had a good time doing it. And, of course, right at the end there, he wanted us to get a little animated and show our uh, support for the team, which we, we attempted to do. And uh, yeah, it, was, it, was a lot, it was a lot of fun. Couldn't have picked a better guy for that, Jeff, right? <laughs> no, yeah, no. That, that, that right there is Army football right there, John Trainer. <laughs> well, yeah, it was uh, – I'll tell you, the, the time – it went too quick for me. Probably not for oh, you. Oh, yeah. No, no. It, it, looking back on it, those times were amazing. I thought – I'm still – we still text to this day, all the guys. We just talk yeah. about all Man Cave and everything like that. It's just – it's it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. 
you know, Jeff, Jeff comes from a great family. We've also, not just with Jeff, we've become very friendly with his family, his father, Emmy, his, his mom, Rachel, sister, Chisholm, Kalichi. And uh, as a matter of fact, one, uh, when the, one time his father came back from Nigeria and he brought me this little, this little gift yep. Yep. to our extended family in New Jersey from, from Africa with love, Emmy of Jackham. So, you know, yeah, these guys are great. Family's great. And Jeff, of course, has always been, uh, you know, dear to our heart. That's awesome. That's awesome. I remember, John, that you showed me that autographed football uh, before this, before their senior year, right? You had an autographed football signed by, I'm trying, my memory's what, 96 team or that you had? Yeah, I think, I think it was the 96 team. I got it from my brother-in-law, Matt Herholtz, who uh, played football up at West Point in uh, 81. And uh, he always told my son, John, he goes, here's the deal. I'm going to give you this football, but I want a commander in chief sign ball back, which they, uh, they made good on. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So the whole team, the whole team gave your brother-in-law a sign ball once they won the commander in chiefs. Well, yeah, they got, well, yeah, John, my son got it and yeah, we got it to him. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. So, so John, your, your fam, your family history with army football goes way back then when you talk about your brother-in-law playing and stuff. So. My brother-in-law played in, uh, 81 and, and my, uh, my cousin Tom Zerla played there in 1960. He graduated in 66. So, wow. uh, you know, I was at all these games with those guys. And, uh, as they both kind of uh, said to me, especially my brother-in-law, he said, you know, the football experience of watching these kids play was even better than my own experience. So uh, just to, uh, you know, it's a lot of a lot of great a lot of great times, a lot of great memories. I, I you know, Jeff, going through right, we didn't get to the senior year yet when you won ten games, right? Mm-hmm. But that but that snow game against Navy, I mean, mm-hmm. with the uniforms that you guys are wearing, <laughs> when it yeah. comes down to the final kick, I was on the sidelines for the final for the final. Yeah, so like uh, for the final kick and just the, I guess the whole atmosphere. I, I'm not gonna lie, I couldn't even. I like there was times where I just took a knee and I just, I couldn't even watch it just because of just how much anxiety that was built up and stuff like that. And just to see how, what we accomplished that entire season, like that was the one thing that we really, really, really needed to do was bring that trophy back home. And um, our defense played lights out that game, and I and. It, it, it's fitting that it came down to that final play where our defense held on the field goal. They missed the field goal. And honestly, I just that that moment, just living in that moment was probably one of the greatest moments of my life. Just it, it was unreal. It was simply unreal. Like things like that don't happen anywhere else uh, where everybody in America is watching this one game. And it came down to literally the last second. And it was it was simply just amazing. Just being able to celebrate that win, uh, bring the CIC trophy back, and uh, it, it made a lot of people in the program and in the institution and around the world very proud. And uh, as you can see, that success is still carrying over. So it's very good to see that with that turnaround that we talked about earlier in the segment that it, it's still lasting. And that you know, I think a lot of people are going to take notice that Army football is honestly a top 25 team for years and years and years to come. No doubt, John. I remember your son John kind of keeping 
tiptoeing the sidelines on, on, a, on a crucial play in that game. I mean, that was that was one of the highlights I remember for, uh, for on the offensive mm-hmm. side. Watching that unfold from the stands has got to be incredible to watch as 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 a not only a fan but as a father too, right? Oh, there's no question about it. It was just so much fun. Um, yeah, he he nearly got in there right at the end. I think he was out at the one foot yard line or whatever. But uh, it was fun. They replayed it. 15, 16 times on the big screen. And, yeah, as a father, I mean, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. It was just a, just so much fun, especially when they uh, we ended up winning the game. I think Bradshaw pushed it in on the next play. And, uh, and of course, the Navy fortunately missed the kick, and, and the rest is history. So, uh, yeah, big win. What uh, To both of you guys, before we let John go, bigger win, ending the Navy streak, or beating Navy for the Commander in Chief's trophy to get that Commander in Chief's trophy secure. Go, Jeff. I honestly don't know if I could put one above the other just because of it was. I think you have to kind of encompass both of them at the same time because you ended the streak and then the next year you got the trophy. So it's like two very big and large events. Like the trophy hadn't been back for a very, very, very long time. I believe it was uh, 21, 20 years and stuff like that. We didn't beat Navy for 19, 20 years. So to have all of that happen at one time was simply just, you know, back to back, especially just, I don't know if I can really put one above the other because of how it played out. So I, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I really can't choose between the two. I'm not even gonna lie to you. John, do you have a, do you have a, could you pick one or no? It's difficult to pick one at any time you beat Navy. It's uh. You know that's, that's that's pretty big, especially winning the commander in chiefs. But just from a, my uh, just from my own observation, that time that they beat them, uh, you know, for the first first time beating them in a long time, when the, all the Corps cadets poured out on the field, I mean, the emotion there was just crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I mean, not taking anything away from the next year's win, but that emotion of the whole Corps cadets pouring out on the field and me writing in the middle of them. <laughs> it was uh, right? just, it was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my life flashed be- in front of my eyes because I was on the field too when everybody's rushing, and I'm like, I guess I was at my heaviest at the time. So I'm like, maybe I, Jeff, I might have been around two twenty ish. So I'm like, maybe I take a couple <laughs> like you know bumps and stuff like that. But you know, it was just like it was it was frantic and probably you know an experience that I, I mean. I, I, one of my top sports covering experiences of all time, no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real quick before we let John go, um, this that your senior class. Talk about them. There's a lot of top teams. But we had John Boyd, we had Alkerman, right? I mean, we had. I can think of uh, Bailey Wolf. Um, am I missing Mike Howell? You know, I'm probably missing a bunch of guys. Yeah. That, guys that like. John, you got the host too. You know, Ryan England. Why? How can I forget Ryan England? <laughs> yeah, he was the he was the heart and soul of that defense. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, those those guys, man. I like I said, I still talk to them to this day. Like they are my brothers, and they will always be my brothers. Um, and there's just been so much success between everybody. Uh, everyone's doing very well in the army right now. We catch up and talk all the time as well. And uh, honestly, like. From a football standpoint, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Those guys were simply just gritty, and and every single one of them had their own personality. It was so good that we all brought our own personality to it, and 
made it made it it made it what it was it made our class what it was different personalities being able to come through and just do something so special with our four years at west point it was simply amazing to see what it was done and like i said like you got guys that are having phenomenal careers in the army and even phenomenal careers in the nfl with brett todd playing for the eagles right now and you know it's uh it's amazing to see what what, what, what we're doing and i'm very proud of class of 2018 we we did our thing and you know i, I can't more couldn't have asked for a better class to graduate with, to be honest. John, your thoughts on the class, real quick? Well, obviously, I'm biased because, uh, you know, I came so close to all these kids, but uh, especially with them being here a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, the whole crew of them Matt Sinella and England and Washley, and uh, trying not to forget anybody, Mike Houghton, you know, Bradshaw Toth. I mean, they had a great nucleus of players, and uh, you know, I they not only left their mark, but they passed a lot on to the underclassmen underneath them and taught them how to win and taught them how to be teammates and brothers. And uh, it was really fun to stand on the side and just watch it all. Really appreciate you hopping on for a couple minutes, John. Thanks so much. You get to reunite with you. With, with I had to see my boy there. Yeah. No, I had to see you. I mean, it's, it's, I, I appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Once in a while, but there's nothing like seeing him in person. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be down there soon. Don't worry. Well, you know, the door is always open. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, John. Okay. Take care now. Stay safe over there. Yes, sir. That was, that was fun, right, Jeff? To, uh, no, yeah. I, I really appreciate that. That's, that's, that's awesome right there. That man right there changed my life and was a huge impact in my West Point career. I, I don't think I Honestly, would have made it without that guy. That man, that man was—he's everything that anyone will ever talk about, and he is—he is nothing short of of great. I mean, it's, it's amazing what he does. I think that that's maybe something that doesn't get talked about a lot is the support because there are—I uh, don't know if there still are—but in the past there were host families, right? Mm -hmm. There were host mm -hmm. families that would help the uh, cadets, not even just athletes, cadets at West Point that would step up and help out. Um, you know, just because because it's a grind. It's a it's a four year right. grind, right? I mean, it's not it's not it's not for everybody. You gotta be pretty special to get through those four years at West Point, and sometimes right. you need that little pick me up. And I remember talking to to John a lot about you guys coming. It's like, yeah, I just had like ten players over for the weekend, and we, you know, we, <laughs> you know, we, we yeah, and when you, a couple of those guys are offensive linemen, you know, you're right. You're, 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 you're spending some money feeding those guys too. Right, so. right, and that, like I said, it just goes to show the character of the trainer family. They they literally would drop anything for us, and like I said, I we like. Speaking for the whole class of 2018, we could not thank them enough for everything that they did. Like their house was literally a safe haven. It was our escape. It was, it was just so peaceful. And then it, the best thing about it is they brought us all in. It was never just uh, onesie twosies here. It was everybody. They always welcomed everybody with, with open arms. And you know, even the extended family and stuff like that. Their entire family just welcomed us with open arms. And I can't thank them enough. It, it's amazing. It's great to hear the history of the family too, where it goes back into the sixties. It, it, it's crazy. There's 100% an absolute love and, and respect for army football with, with that family. And uh, absolutely. Yeah. Anybody who's watching right now, if you have any questions or comments that you like to post uh, for Jeff or I, uh, please do. We'll answer them or uh, read them um, live. And uh, we're going to get to now what Jeff's uh, now in pursuit of the mm -hmm. NFL. And you know what, Jeff? I was online today doing some homework, and I was watching your um, 
your story, in, in, your YouTube story. And I thought at first, okay, this is just going to be a couple minutes of Jeff's background. And he's really going to get, you know, just give us a, a little idea about what he's uh, looking to do here. It was like a 13 minute, like short film. That was excellent. I mean, just, just, I don't know who was your producer or who put that together or if you were involved, but that was excellent, Jeff. Just, and it seemed like there it was one day where you went to three different spots in a day mm-hmm. to, to get your training in. And also at the end of the day, what you went back a little bit into your past and hope the guys that what helped you out in high school, helped them out mm-hmm. with a little bit of football drills too. Right. Um, mm-hmm. yep. Wow. That was incredible. What um, that day, I mean, talk about that and film and filming that and getting your story out there. yes so um that was a project done by uh me and uh my videographer and photographer me and her have a very good relationship her name is lauren holmes she has her own film business with uh, uh rare P- uh, pm and like she does a phenomenal job like the the side i don't even want to call it a side business but like a, a business that i do have is a uh, organization called the Grandeur Society where we do we've done a lot of community service stuff, a lot of events, a lot of networking and stuff like that. And she's there to film and uh, take pictures at all those events that I've had uh, with uh, along with my best friends who are also co-founders of the of the organization. And um, she does a phenomenal do- job, and she she loves sports. You know, uh, me and her both were. We're both huge Kobe Bryant fans, and obviously with the late Kobe Bryant passing, it was something that me and her wanted to do something special, and uh, we wanted to make an ode to Kobe Bryant, uh, Kobe Bryant being one of my favorite athletes. Um, and I told myself it was my 24th birthday, so I wanted to honor Kobe Bryant by you know, tapping into the Mamba mentality and really seeing what it means to really grind, because you know, a lot of people say they, they know to grind and that they work hard and stuff like that, but... I really wanted to see how far can I truly push my body to the limit and how much can I really get done in a day and, and really get into that whole Mamba mentality and mindset of like not quitting and not giving up. And so um, that day was, it was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Just like, even when I watched the documentary, the little short documentary we did, it's like, I'm like, man, this is pretty, this is pretty cool how this all unfolded because um, just to see how many people, have even supported me on my journey to the NFL and to professional sports altogether. Um, it's amazing. Um, the first place that I went to was uh, uh, my my good friend Chris Slocum. He's a he's the head director in strength uh, down at uh, Katy, Texas, at Memorial Hermann. It's a uh, ATH, so it's like the athletic athlete training and health center, and um, they're. They're right there with Memorial Hermann, one of the only facilities to connect with a hospital. So they do rehab and also do training. A lot of pro uh, soccer players, baseball players, football players have all been through there. Um, I don't know if you saw in the video, but uh, Chris Landham, he's a former Texans linebacker, former Charger linebacker. He was down there working with me, too. A lot of guys from Georgetown uh, College were playing uh, college, uh, university, sorry, were uh, working down there with me as well. And um, just to see like how many people this guy is impacting, and me included, uh, was was simply amazing. And that dude is very, very talented at what he does. And I I worked with him all summer. Anytime I come home, I train with him. That is that is the guy that I go to for training. And um, he he's amazing. He's worked a lot of places: LSU, Ohio State, U of H. Like he's a guru at the strength and conditioning. 
And um, that was something that, like, whenever I go to those workouts, I know that I got to bring my A game because he's going to make sure that I get, you know, my work in. Um, the second spot that I went to, uh, I actually made good friends at one of my events uh, with a uh, uh, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Isaac Whitney. Uh, he played at USC. Um, phenomenal wide receiver at USC. He, he really did his thing out there. Uh, started off originally with the Raiders and then ended up going to the Texans from Texas to Tampa Bay. And now he's with the Cardinals. And um, he is just a great friend first. Like that. a lot of people are like, oh, you know, football players and stuff. But like as a friend, he is simply amazing. Um, he actually we met through my cousin who played at Cal, um, Fick and Ware, uh, down in uh, at Cal Berkeley. And he was a phenomenal running back down there. So just blessed to have all these great football players surrounding me. Uh, to also push me, you know, like I'm saying, to be a great football player as well. And, um, you know, I had a toy drive and Isaac came. He said, I want to donate X amount of toys. And I also want to be able to give out shirts from my company, uh, Rectified and stuff like that. And he came down there and did all of that. And it was just from then I knew that dude was a solid guy and um, came back home. Uh, I worked with his his uh, trainer, Jason Turia. Phenomenal. That That dude has worked with legends i'm talking i've seen steve francis in his building i've seen robert covington i've seen dwight howard uh dj augustine all these just phenomenal players and now he even has a, a rookie for the rockets uh i'm 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 jay sean he's a he's a new guy on the rockets but like okay. this dude has a resume i'm talking of pro athletes and he just does a phenomenal job jay is amazing he has his own place uh, stf houston down in houston texas uh, and if if you are a professional football player, professional athlete of any sort of kind, I would definitely go and find Chris Slocum in Katy, Texas, and Jay Chaturia down in Houston, Texas. Those are two phenomenal people that will get you where you need to go. Um, and that workout was just awesome because I was also there with, you know, uh, Deontay Foreman, who plays for the Tennessee Titans now. And we all were just getting in work, just sitting there working with two NFL, current NFL players and seeing, like, you know, keeping up. Seeing I can keep up, not only have been I've been removed from football two and a half ish years, uh, but seeing that my training that I have been doing in those two and a half years of not playing padded football, uh, I'm still keeping up. I'm still right there with these guys, and I can play with these guys. You know what I mean? And um, it was very encouraging to see that uh, going through those workouts and stuff like that. And lastly, the last part the, of the documentary is going back to um, my trainers in high school, my mentors actually. Um, uh, Jason St. Louis and Montrell Lowe. Montrell actually played for the Colts back in, I believe, in like 0203. I uh, played at Purdue, graduated from per Purdue in 01. And he was record holder for a lot of rushing all purpose. And he was a, a dog back in the day. So um, he, um, he definitely, him and Jason just groomed me into, and they were, the, they were the, actually the reason I got into West Point. They made the connection with Coach Mitchens for me. Um, and uh, they, I still talk to them to this day. We still talk to this day. We still work to this day. Um, and I wanted to make sure that when I get in the position to give back, that I want to do exactly what they did for me and give back. So I made sure to go down there, mentor the kids that were in middle school, high school, uh, preparing to go to college and stuff like that. I was there to mentor those guys and make sure that they're getting, you know, tutelage that I got from them and also helping back and giving back to the community as best as I can. Um, and it, it was honestly one of the greatest feelings that last being that was my last spot of the day for the workout 
And not only going through the rigorous workouts that they put me through in high school, which have not changed. Those dudes are still good at what they do. Um, but just also being able to give back and seeing myself and those kids that are in high school and middle school being young athletes ready to go and pursue their dreams. And another reason why I push to accomplish the entirety of my dream, that's making pro football at the end of the day, because I've worked so hard for this. I've played football for 18 years. Um, in the two years that I've technically not been playing, I have been training. I've been watching film. I've been talking to coaches. I've been in contact with coaches. I've even worked out with some professional teams, some NFL teams and stuff like that. So it's just to the point where it's like I need I need to owe it to myself and the work that I've done and the, the attributes that I've put to myself. Um, I owe it to myself to, to make this dream come true. And I, I've, if anybody knows me, I'm a very persistent person. And until that happens, I'm going to keep on doing it. So. That's that's that documentary is, is telling it's it's short in 13 minutes of a documentary wise, but it, it tells a lot about my story as far as why I'm doing these things. And uh, if you talk to me more, you'll really see the passion behind why I want to do this, because a lot of people don't think I can do it. And it's kind of, you know, not to say that it, does, it doesn't matter what they say at the end of the day, but it's just something that like I, I use as fuel. Like I know that I can do it. I really want to do it for myself and then also just show that like if you put your mind to anything that you do you simply can do it. so yeah no doubt I mean you look at there it, times are different right now right Jeff in the past you would have to put your two years of active duty in and then request a waiver now you're seeing you talked about your one of your teammates uh, Brett Toth in the NFL Elijah Riley in the NFL Cole Christensen mm. in the NFL Ollie Bill in the wave has been the NFL for years now yep. and has been an all pro type player and now it seems like, yeah, the word is out that, you know, there there's some talent going through Army, no doubt. And now 100%. It's a, you know, now it's just a matter of getting a chance, right? Now you, all you need is that offer, that contract offer to to, to, to present to your, um, your your chain of command, right? To, yep. to, see, to see if you can they, can, they can let you out of your, your, your active duty for now to pursue the NFL, right? Is that the right. way it still kind of works? So there's, uh, there's actually uh, a lot of different avenues and, you know, the Army's doing a very good job of being flexible with athletes. Like, uh, you know, right now, Brett is actually still serving active duty. He helps out down at Temple University uh, with our ROTC program. So he still remains active duty. He's still helping out doing his uh, service as well. So it's pretty cool to see. Um, uh, as well as uh, Elijah Riley, I know they deferred their service and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's different avenues you can take. And it's pretty cool to see how the army is willing to work with you about that. So um, I'm looking to do something similar, if not the same as what Brett is doing. Um, and hopefully maybe I can go about that route in the same way. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just look, you, we didn't talk about this, but I like to touch on it real quick. Um, you got the blocking down Pat, right? It's going to be no problem for me for you after, after being a wide receiver at West point. Right. I remember mm -hmm. that. I think it was your senior year. Maybe ESPN Game Day did a story on you guys, right? Uh, what do you call yourself? Yep. The 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 ESPN called us the loneliest receivers in college football. We called ourselves the wide tackles. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean, what I mean, right there, you know, you that's a when you're at West Point and you play wide receiver, that's you're, you're sacrificing individual um, stats for team goals, right? No doubt. One hundred percent. Let us into what it's like to play receiver at West Point real quick. So it might help you 
down the road. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So it's it's funny because um, you know, a lot of people will look at me and say like, why would I choose West Point if I'm a wide receiver? And I think that that was honestly one of the best decisions that I've ever made going to West Point because, like I said before, I literally learned how to dissect defenses from every single position on the football field, from wide receiver to center. I know exactly what a player is supposed to do on a certain thing if a defense is in certain formations or if a defense is rolling to certain coverages. I know exactly how to dissect the defense no matter where I am on, on the field. And that all comes from the Army football coaching staff. And I cannot thank them enough. So that's one thing that I would say is an advantage that a lot of a lot of receivers actually don't have that didn't go to Army. Another thing is, like you just said before, the unselfishness. A lot of people see receivers and they say pretty boys and they just want to catch the football and none, all that stuff. Like me, I I want to get in your face. I want to hit you. I want to get contact you know can i do the shake and bake stuff uh, absolutely i i am i am able-bodied to do that and i'm fast enough explosive enough to do that stuff but you're gonna have to also deal with me being in your face on every play whether it's a run play or a pass play and i'm gonna make sure that i'm very aggressive and that's something that i don't think a lot of people learn at other programs that type of dog mentality that you have in you is something that you only can get at west point when you run the ball 90% of the time and pass uh, 10% of the time. And the third caveat is a lot of people questioned my ability in the pass game, which was another mistake a lot of people made. Because every time I the ball touched my hands, it was 20-plus yards. So if you want to make the mistake of saying, oh, I'm going to block all game, and we get on the island one-on-one and now you're beat, it's, that's not my issue anymore. It's not your issue because you shouldn't have thought all oh, because I'm an option receiver that I can't play the pass game as well. And a lot of people forget that there's a very notable option receiver who just became a Hall of Fame uh, inductee, and that's Calvin Johnson. And so he was groomed out of the, uh, the, the option offense, and his numbers were obviously insane. And then he gets to the NFL and does those same things. So um, I would say going to West Point has made me a better football player altogether because of not only learning how to block, that gives me the ability to, I was basically playing a tight end-esque role at 215, 220 pounds. So take that and put 10 more, 20 pounds or stuff like that on me. And now you have a fast, athletic, and mobile, strong tight end. And it's somebody, and, and like I said, I can play that position wide out or you can put me in the flex or you can put me in a three-point stance and I can do the job mm-hmm. and but like I said I wasn't just blocking corners and safeties I was blocking linebackers I was down blocking on defensive ends defensive tackles all sorts of crazy stuff that you would not see from a wide receiver so you cut on the tape and you see me in all these different positions making these blocks and then getting out wide or even in the flex and making these these catches and stuff like that don't let the numbers fool you in saying that, you know, this guy doesn't have enough. I, I think I have plenty. And like I said before, it just takes somebody taking a chance on me and they'll see exactly that. So, Absolutely. True or false, uh, the coaching staff track knockdown blocks for wide receivers. That is very true. That was actually one of the most important stats for the receivers other than catches. It's crazy. Like, I, I look at the Army offense, right, and it's not a pass and catch type offense. 
I mean, I'm looking at your highlights from the documentary. You had to go get balls at times, right? I mean, there mm-hmm. was times where you're going to be in traffic. Yeah, the play action pass was called and worked sometimes, but you had to go. You had to go out and get the a lot of those a lot of those passes and bring those in, right? I mean, it took one hundred percent. Yeah, like just going 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 off of that, like again, like people question the ability of option receivers, but like a lot of those catches on my highlight tape were in traffic catches. Uh, and it all came from good coaching, good technique, and good route running and stuff like that. And then there's somewhere like you just need a little bit of space and strong hands, and, and that's all it really takes. And um, credit to you know Coach Corley, who was my senior wide receiver, Coach Gaither, Coach Wall, they were also my receiver coaches. And then again, testament to Coach Munkin and Coach Davis with their offensive scheme. Um, they they just instilled what it meant to be a option receiver. In a in a wide receiver in that offense, and honestly, like I said, one of the greatest decisions I've ever made—not just from a football standpoint, but from a life standpoint—because I've learned so much about life, and again, I've learned so much about football going to West Point. So, so what are you up to now when you're serving? Are you able to get in a lit? Are you able to get in any workouts? I know I remember talking to some of the guys, like a Josh McNary and Colin Mooney, when they were serving. They were able mm-hmm. to get their time in the lift. What are you doing now to kind of stay in shape and stay ready? So, yeah, I uh, – t- well, before I even came overseas, um, I was always – I had a very scheduled regiment of workouts. So in the morning I would do my Army Army PT um, with my platoon. We would work out in the morning. And then after work I would go to the gym. And then after the gym I would go to the field. So I was working – I had a set type of routine where I scheduled certain days for certain lifts and stuff like that. Uh, but typically it was three workouts a day. It was the army workout in the morning, lift in the afternoon, and then field work in the in the afternoon as well. So I'd probably get home. I was typically getting home about 7.30 p.m., 8 o'clock. Then I still have to cook dinner. Um, and honestly, by that time, I was ready for bed. And that's pretty much what I was doing every single time. So three workouts a day. Uh, since I've gotten here, I've been doing uh, two workouts a day, uh, lift in the morning or in the afternoon, and then right after I'll do field work. There's a lot of snow out here, uh, and I've honestly been trying to get used to working out and doing footwork in snow and in very rough terrain because, you know, you never know where you're going to play on a football field. So if, if you can do it in the worst of conditions, then you can probably do it in the best as well. So um, that's what I've been doing. Uh, it, it is kind of busy out here, obviously, being overseas and stuff like that. Um, we're doing a lot of training, uh, army-wise and stuff like that. But um, they had they provide us with gyms. Um, I've been lifting a lot of weights and adding a lot of weight too as well, because uh, I'm I'm trying to either play a big receiver, the X receiver, stuff like that, or even show teams that I can play that tight end position, like I talked before, or the H back position. I just want to show teams that I'm versatile and uh, with the size that I do have, that I can still run, jump, move people, et cetera, et cetera, and, and make plays with the ball. So, um, you know, just trying to stay fit and trying to stay in shape and trying to stay conditioned and stuff like that. So, are there some? Are, who are the teams that have shown interest or that you worked out with? Um, who are the team? Who, who are the teams that are really, uh, you know, taking taking some interest in you? So, um, I have actually, like I said, back in 2018, I went to the local day after I did my pro day with Brett. Um, uh, we both got invited to the Giants local day in 2018, which was pretty cool. And I thank the Giants organization for bringing both me and him out there. That was a really awesome opportunity. Um, 2019, uh, when I was actually at a armor basic officer leadership course, got a call from the Ottawa Red Blacks for an open tryout down in Atlanta. 
that was pretty cool. Um, did 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 pretty well, uh, but it just again with all the stuff going on, like with the army and stuff like that, it's just kind of hard to juggle those things and going all the way to Canada and stuff like that. Um, so that didn't work out, so to speak. But then as uh, recently, I've uh, contacted teams all over. I've uh, been in contact with uh, Falcons I've, for a short period of time. Worked out for the Seahawks. Worked out for the Bills. Um, and again, just you know, I'm just waiting on somebody to you know take that opportunity. Also, uh, got into contact with Coach Wall's brother down in uh, San Francisco, which is pretty cool. Um, he emailed me back, let him know that I was on their watch list and stuff like that. Um, so it's just a matter of, like I said, I'm just waiting for the call to be like, hey, you know, come, you know, work out at this time, this place, and I, I just put myself in a position where if I can control it and my 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 mentality, my body, and I'll be ready to go when that call is coming. So uh, I'm just being patient. And like I said, just working and getting better and better each and every day. No doubt. We, we appreciate you sharing your story here. And I, so, some things I didn't know about, like how you got to West Point. I had no idea how the, in detail the recruiting part of that. And it mm-hmm. seemed like that was life changing for you. And now you're looking to you know, just have somebody take a chance on you. And uh, you, 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 there's a dream there, right, Jeff? No doubt. So. Absolutely, yeah, and like I said, whoever takes that chance on me, it's it's they they will not regret it. They'll get you know one of the best football players that they've ever seen from a mental standpoint, physical standpoint, and athletic standpoint. And Coach Munkin, Coach Davis, Coach Corley, any one of those coaches down at, at at Army can attest to that. Anyone that talks to me can attest to that. Anyone that's seen me work can attest to that. So um, I'm just ready, and I'm very excited for the journey. Um, it's it's very exciting, you know, just getting the you know the, those small opportunities here and there, but like really you know picking up steam. Like I said before, I've had a couple IFL teams contact me, NAL teams contact me, and stuff like that. So just seeing that that process is coming to light, and especially with the XFL coming to light as well, I, I've been in contact with a couple of representatives in the XFL as well too. So uh, here in the near future, I think you'll be seeing Jeff and Jack back on the football field. So that's very very exciting to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. There was a big time change, a time difference, and really appreciate you taking the time. Jeff, it's a little late over where you are right now, but t- taking the time to join us on the Black Knight Nation podcast. All the best to you and uh, and, and your and your dream and your pursuit of the uh, pro football. I truly appreciate it, Sal, man. It, it means a lot being on the show and just being able to talk Army football and football all together. It really means a lot. Thank you for listening to the Black Knight Nation podcast with your host, Sal Interdonato. For more information on your Army Black Knights, visit blackknightnation.com. And be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app.